0: Welcome to the Women in Leadership Podcast. My name is Marianne Metz, and I'll be your host. As a female navigating the challenges that rise with leadership, I wanted to start a conversation with you as a woman in the workforce myself and offer a resource for leadership excellence. This podcast series is sponsored by Ascension Transformation Solutions, your business transformation technology partner. As you tune in to listen, you will meet Debbie Collard and Susan Ireland, leadership experts who will be answering questions to offer you exclusive insights to help you thrive in your career. Stick around. Hi, and welcome to the Women in Leadership podcast series. Debbie Collard and Susan Ireland have joined us via Zoom today in light of today's episode title, Leveraging the Virtual Platform in Business. Thanks for joining me, ladies. Hi, Marianne.
1: Hi, Ann.
0: In today's episode, we're talking about how to leverage this virtual platform. COVID 19 has changed our society's lives in drastic ways, and one of the biggest impacts has been on the workforce, as many people have shifted from working in an office every day to full time teleworking at home. If you're someone who is looking for tips and tricks on how to improve your work life from home, then this is the episode for you. I'm so glad you joined us today. I personally love this topic because as a teleworker myself, I'm experiencing everything firsthand, the side effects as well as the advantages from working from home that offers. Many of us are having virtual meetings with new prospective clients, important clients, and current staff and bosses. Let's talk about what advice we have about how to present yourself on a webcam and how this influences your leadership presence.
2: Regardless if you're virtual or in person, you're still your own brand. So ask yourself, what do I want to present to others? How do I want them to see me? A very practical piece of advice that I got from one of our season's uh, partner businesses, Michael Bruce Image Consultants, was to have a strong lip and brow, wear colors, and statement jewelry. And those were so simple. I follow that advice now every time I'm going to be on video. As you can see today, strong brow, strong lip, colors, (laughs) (laughs) and statement jewelry. Statement necklace.
1: Statement necklace. It looks great. And that
2: way my true personality shines through instead of either blending into the background or people being distracted by other things instead of focusing on what I'm trying to share with them.
0: Yes, I love that. I personally choose to wear business casual clothes when conversing over webcam that requires me to leave my camera on. This encourages a more professional presence and shows that you're more genuine and thoughtful by not just being in a sweatshirt and sweatpants. Showing that you care about how you present yourself to others over a webcam can reveal a stronger leadership presence to your colleagues and your prospective clients.
1: It absolutely does, Marianne. Um, One of the things that I think is so important is to understand what that group norm is. Like, who are you meeting with? Um, Is it a casual group or is it a more formal group? Um, And it's, you know, because if you showed up in, you know, a suit uh, jacket and everybody else is in sweatpants, you look kind of out of place. Although it might, be, it might be your brand. So you kind of have to kind of um, balance that. But given that, I would still consider what your personal brand is. And I would always turn your webcam on. So what I have found is that sometimes people don't, for various reasons, it's early, they got bedhead, whatever. But you are showing up as a leader, no matter what group you're with. So by turning it on, even if you're the only one with your webcam on, you are there and you are present, which is so important. And the other thing is and this is a, like a personal pet peeve with me is: don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> the only person who should eat on camera, is Brad Pitt. (laughs) 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 It's just, just don't eat. I think over this long period of COVID, and it is so long, people are getting a little relaxed and maybe a little bit too relaxed. So that's it for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great advice. Thank you both for sharing. How can we encourage our female listeners to engage as a consistent leader while in a virtual setting, such as an online meeting like we are today, or a virtual collaborative project?
1: The thing about online meetings that's good is that there is no hierarchy. Everyone is sitting at the table, so which is exciting, right? As the person who is leading the meeting, it's important to remember that because not everybody is that comfortable with it. So, how you run the meeting is important, but also make sure that everybody gets a chance to talk, and that means calling on them. So, I would say, Marianne, what do you think about that? So, you actually have the opportunity. I think. It's a better opportunity than when you're even in person to make sure that everybody's voice is heard.
0: Yes, I love that. Personally, for me, when I'm running a virtual meeting, I always let the first five minutes of the meeting Um, allow people to have the time to greet each other, and sometimes have an icebreaker activity to allow everyone to feel comfortable and relaxed. And it offers that transitional time for members who also are having login issues and fixing technological issues like their audio or getting their camera set up. That way, no one misses any important information shared during the call and everyone is able to stay on the same page.
2: You know, that's a wonderful idea about the first five minutes of a call being for the grading and fixing technological issues, which, of course, never happen. Um, But I call that the settling in period. And I really like that idea. Um, As a meeting participant, something that goes right along with that is to always act as if you are in a live in-person meeting and don't get distracted by things around you. When you're in the meeting, be in the meeting. And as a meeting organizer or facilitator, one thing that Susan and I both have learned and discovered when we had to switch our seasons program this year from to a virtual format is schedule less topics and allow more time for each of those topics. There are built in challenges, no matter what we do to being on video, including you can't easily know when someone wants to cut in and talk. And so the meeting ends up taking more time than if you were in person And if you could see everybody's body language. So having that system where people can indicate, I don't know, raising their hand or giving some other signal that they have something to ask or share helps keep the meeting moving along.
0: In light of that, (laughs) how can we maximize productivity to stay motivated to complete work projects on this virtual basis?
2: This is important to me. And several things come to mind on this one. First, have a plan. No one who knows me will be surprised by that statement. Have a plan. Upfront planning keeps you focused on the goal you're working to achieve. And as part of that plan, have built-in time phase measurements, sometimes called milestones or even inch stones, uh, depending on how detailed the plan is. And as you track to your plan and achieve a milestone, celebrate it When I accomplish a task or goal I set out to achieve, I reward myself with a Starbucks chai tea latte because that is my personal uh, wonderful thing. Another way to maximize your productivity is don't burn yourself out. Pace yourself. Take breaks to stand up, stretch, take a walk, appreciate someone or something, drink your reward tea, play with your pups, whatever it is for you. And when I pace myself like that, I find I'm much more productive than just if I'm heads down and only focused all the time.
1: Right. I think what I find uh, is that when I work at home, I actually work longer. You know, back a long time ago, one of the fears of working at home was that people would be at home goofing off. I don't think that that is actually what happens it's people really work so taking the breaks and pacing yourself is really really important and to turn off your computer at the end of your work day whatever that is but the other thing is I really feel like this COVID thing is lasting so long this is a really hard thing I mean it is uh, it is just long and dragged out, and so you can do all of these things, and it still gets really, really boring sometimes because the routine is the same, uh, and we don't know really the end of this. Hopefully, we're getting to the end of it, but but it's hard. Um, so one of the things that I do too is put in some novelty, put in something new. So. Debbie, I, I know you love your chai tea lattes, but maybe once a week you might have a hot chocolate. <laughs> or, or maybe you call a friend that is in a different part of the country, so you schedule that that you not wouldn't normally do. Or maybe you would walk around the block. I don't know, something different. So it's not every day looks like the same And every week is the same and you start losing track of which month this is because everything is the same. So it's put some novelty and some new things in there.
2: That's great advice. I like the both and thing. So instead of doing something instead of my chai tea, I'm going to do my chai (laughs) tea and call a friend. How about that?
1: There you go. There you go.
0: Double up. (laughs) So in light of this conversation, how do we adapt from the exciting buzz and support we used to have from being surrounded by our friends and colleagues in the office to now having to sit in our home office for eight hours a day, potentially just by ourselves?
1: Right. This is, you know, this is a hard topic because it is true. We're sitting, we're by ourselves most of the day, every week, every month, and I think you know, there's no easy answer, I guess, is the bottom line. But one of the things that I did recently that I was surprised at how much better it made me feel is that I took stock on my network. Like who are my, who's my support network? And I actually wrote them down and put them in like circles of people. And, um, what I realized is when I looked at that is that I have a a wide network of people that I know and support me and I support them and then I thought about over this last year um, how often I actually have talked to them and it's more than I realized like was was uh, conscious of and I realized that, oh my goodness, the thing about this COVID restrictions is it's actually forcing me in a way to reach out and connect with people that I would not normally connect with if I was going to the office every day. And that is a huge benefit that I wasn't recognizing. And when I did recognize that, I I just felt better. And it gave me inspiration to do more of that, and to deliberately put some time in my calendar to talk to people that I wouldn't, you know, that I wouldn't normally do because they're too far away or whatever, and you know, maybe only see them once a year, and and then to talk about real things and business problems or ideas, and it's really enriched my life. It's not something I would choose. Uh, But I think when all of this is over, I'm going to keep that part incorporated into my life. So I keep these connections and these relationships going and stronger over time.
0: I love that answer. And this is particularly a hard question for myself because some people don't have flexible hours at their home office and are struggling with finding empowerment without their employees down the hall from them, which I sometimes struggle with as well, working from home. But something I like to do, as Debbie said earlier, is switching up my environment. So if I worked in my home office yesterday, then today I will work from my back patio, or maybe tomorrow I'll work at the local coffee shop down the road. I find by creating flexibility with my spaces, I am more creative in my thinking and my project performance. I've learned that I enjoy the possibility of working somewhere new each day rather than feeling confined to the same space and environment like I have previously experienced in my previous workplace. What about you, Debbie? Yeah, I
2: um, first of all, I agree it's a tough question, but it sounds like Susan and you, Marianne, have both come up with creative ways to to switch it up and change things in a way that's conducive with this new environment. It, it kind of feels to me like the answer is going to be different for everybody, right? Um, Susan and I had to learn this with the Seasons program, too, because we started off our first session in March of 2020, spring, with an in-person session. And everyone was excited. They got to know each other and really enjoyed the community and support of learning together. And then we were forced to take it virtually, right, because of COVID. And so We had to come up with some ideas to keep the energy going, to get, you know, when everyone's potentially alone in their own separate environments, um, how do we keep that connection happening? How do we keep the energy up? And we tried multiple things, like we held virtual happy hours and we used breakout sessions where people could connect more deeply um, and, you know, partnered people up for different activities. So I guess given all that, my advice would be create ways to get that support, whatever that looks like for you. So if it's like Susan said, reaching out to people you wouldn't normally talk with if you were going into the office or Marianne, changing up your workspace or where you're doing that work so that it's a new environment for you. So whatever works for you. That keeps you from burning out, like we talked before, and taking regular breaks, doing things that renew your energy, whatever that is for you. For me, it's yoga, um, taking a walk outside, socially distanced, of course. And any of those things can make all the difference in your attitude. And to get back to the original question, I think it all comes down to attitude. So anything we can do to shift that attitude a more positive outlook is going to help us keep that buzz that we get.
0: Yes, I love that. So, in light of this positive attitude, let's take a turn and share a positive advantage we have learned by working from home. Debbie and Susan, what is something working from home has taught you that has influenced your leadership?
2: Marianne, you have the hardest questions. Hardest questions. <laughs> I think the hard part of this question is sticking to one positive advantage. (laughs) I tend to be a pretty positive person, so I'm not going to limit myself. I'm going to mention several. From someone who had a long and often horrible commute for decades, not that I wanted to have that. I always tried to have a short commute, but it didn't work. So not having to commute at all, that's an amazing positive advantage to working from home. But along with that, I have extra time, again, no commute, um, to work out, to journal, to read, uh, things that feed my positive energy or conversely, to just take more time to slow down and focus and breathe. And the coolest thing is I get to have my dogs with me all day, my little furry workers.
0: Yes, that is
1: the best. <laughs> well, I just want to jump in because Debbie, you are doing exactly... What you should be doing, which I have mistaken in the in the past, is that I don't have a commute, so great. But then I work, so all that time that you know that I could have uh, for, you know, walking around the block or whatever, my I default to working, which is can cause burnout. So that's you know you're doing exactly the right things. Use that.
2: I have an idea for you, Susan. To combat that, use your calendar, go back to your calendar and put stay out zones that are you time to do all the fun things that you would normally be commuting. Yeah.
0: I love that. I might use that too, Debbie.
2: Feel free. It's free <laughs> advice, Marianne. You
0: will. <laughs> yes, for me, I've loved the flexibility with my time so now that i have all of my meetings just one click away from my laptop i have the freedom to stay organized at home cook delicious meals for lunch instead of those packaged sandwiches and chips (laughs) and what my favorite thing is just being able to do house tours so i throw in a load of laundry and then click on my you know zoom meeting at two o'clock and once that's over i was productive in two separate categories
2: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: What I am excited about is the opportunity to go global. So Debbie mentioned before we were seasons leadership was an in person uh, experience, and that's what we started out at the beginning of 2020, and it was wonderful, and and our participants really loved it, and and it really was great, and that's what we had the design for, but it really required either people to come from the area. Or fly in, and we did have people fly in, but you know it's limited. People aren't able to do that all the time. Um, so now, you know, an, an unintended positive consequence is that going online allows people from all over the world to join our our program, and that is really exciting. It's really opened up new doors, and new people, and new opportunities, and. Um, it, you know, I just, it's really expanded my mind in how I think about Seasons leadership and, and how work really happens.
0: Yes, I love that for you guys. What an amazing opportunity. Speaking of that, we reached out to our viewers on social media, locally, nationally, and globally, and received a lot of great feedback, which I'm excited to share Thank you guys so much for commenting to our contest winners. And now I'm just going to read a few of the comments on what you have experienced by leveraging your virtual platforms. Emily Campbell said, I have greatly enjoyed the ability to be more present at home with my loved ones in between teaching and meeting. I have been able to have so much more work done with the flexibility within my virtual education, which I love that. Thanks for sharing, Emily. Shayla and i ever commented, my favorite thing from working from home is definitely my office space. I definitely miss my coworkers, but I love my desk and being at home. It's cozy. I have a great desk and my dog can hang out with me whenever she wants. Not to mention coffee and snacks are around the corner.
2: (laughs) I love that.
0: (laughs) Hannah Hoffman wrote, I love having more free time. Me too, girl. No commute to or from work, which means more time to relax and drink my coffee in the morning. No more rushing to get out the door. She's doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> Sabrina Hilgert wrote, I've learned how to be adaptable in our society. Most of the people around me have been able to find and maintain normalcy. While I personally have been unemployed during this time, I've been able to spend more time with my family and close friends, as well as learn more about myself and how I can improve as a person.
2: Great use of the time. Wow.
0: Veronica Ingwersen wrote, COVID-19 gave me the opportunity to move back home during college and take online classes, which helped me get my career job. Way to go, Veronica. Wow. Way to go and last but not least sabrina metz wrote i've loved working from home during the pandemic because it's given me the opportunity to not only be surrounded by friends and family more but to also work on self-discipline and self-care working from home has been a blessing and oh so cozy but can also become a distraction or an excuse to be somewhat lazy i've learned it's still important to set my alarms fully get ready for the day and have a good breakfast before jumping into work. I found that I'm much more productive and have a clearer mind when I begin the day by taking care of myself first.
2: That is so important. Self-care is so important and discipline too, because I agree with what she said. You can easily find excuses not to do the things. It's like, oh, well, I don't really have to do that right now. And um it feels it makes us feel more positive when we're more productive. So bravo to her. That's a that's a great approach.
0: Yes, thank you, ladies, for, so much for sharing our stories. We love hearing how you leverage the virtual platform in such a positive way. And it seems like a lot of you have found more time for friends, family, and self-care, which is very important. So keep it up. As we come to a close for today's episode. Do we each have one final piece of advice for our listeners who may want to start leveraging their virtual platforms in their business settings?
2: So I guess my advice is to find a platform that works for your needs. And I mean a technology platform. You may not have a choice in that because it may be edicted to you. But if you do, choose wisely. When you know what platform you're going to be using, learn how it works before it's critical for you to be in a meeting or presenting. You want to be prepared and have all the equipment that you need and know that it's in good working order and that you know how to operate it. And I know Susan and I had to learn some things about being on a virtual platform, well, maybe lots of things about being on a virtual platform. So
1: Still learning.
2: if you plan ahead and uh, make sure you learn all of that, the the technology then can work for you rather than being an obstacle and a distraction. So that's my advice. Susan, what do you think?
1: Well, I agree. And always have a plan B. (laughs) Always have a plan B. (laughs) (laughs) Because no, no matter how many times I've done this, I think I get it down. Something happens and sometimes it's a fatal something you know like zoom goes down or or my phone doesn't work or something or the internet um but always have a plan b so you're able to just as seamlessly as possible transition to plan b so that's that's my advice
0: yes i love that i would say make sure to stay positive during this transitional period And find a community who shares similar experiences as you are right now. Encourage one another. Maybe start a Facebook group where you share weekly tips on how to survive that week, or schedule weekly virtual meetings where you can feel connected to people and see their faces and find empowerment knowing you're not alone.
1: All good advice. Wonderful.
0: Thank you both again for taking the time to share your stories and inspirational ideas with us today. Please tune in next week for our next episode, where we will talk about what kinds of goals we should be setting as women leaders as we walk into a new year. For more information on the Seasons Leadership Program, so you can see how Debbie and Susan have implemented the tips in their own program that we discussed here today, go to www.seasonsleadership.com. Applications are now open for the 2021 program. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining me today on the Women in Leadership podcast series. If you loved our podcast, we encourage you to sign up for the Seasons Leadership Coaching Program, a year-long leadership program for women designed to support your growth and success as a professional. The program was created to help motivate female leaders and further their self-awareness to live into their potential while making a difference. For more information or to register yourself for Seasons Leadership, visit their website at seasonsleadership.com and follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn to stay connected. See you next time.